This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Filling in for Big Daddy Graham. Happy 4th of July to everybody out there. Hope you're having a good time talking about the Sixers. And uh, we'll open it to the Phillies, too, if anybody wants to get in and talk about the Phils. Another big win as they... Uh, Keep rolling here. If they win tomorrow, they'll be 10 games over 500, which, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody, even the most optimistic Phillies fan, would have thought they'd be at this point, at, at this, at this, uh, this deep into the season. You know, they're 46 and 37. They're legitimately in the mix for a playoff spot, and they can just keep their heads above water next few weeks. They're going to be big-time buyers at the trade deadline, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who they can acquire, but it's going to be fun going into a trade deadline with the Phillies actually being buyers instead of sellers. It feels like it's been a long, long time since that's been the case. So um, if you want to get in on the Phillies, you're more than welcome to as well. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon, Cell will also continue talking Sixers. What have they not done so far that you would have liked to see them attempt? You know, I I think they have – Brett Brown has said they're going to go star hunting, and they've tried. They have talked to the Spurs about Kawhi Leonard. They met with LeBron James people. Those things have not materialized. Is that the Sixers' fault? No, it's not. The Spurs are asking an absurd amount for Kawhi Leonard right now, and – Reports are that he is not very likely or willing to even consider signing anywhere long-term other than L.A. LeBron James was never going anywhere else except L.A. So I don't know what you would have liked them to do that they haven't done. Has it been uninspiring? Yeah, it hasn't been the sexiest moves, but bringing back J.J. Redick is a good move. And J.J. Redick enjoyed his time here so much that he took... Less than he could have gotten on the open market to come back. Because he knows the Sixers did him a solid overpaying him last year. He took twelve to thirteen million this year. He took about half what he made last year. He could have made somewhere in the in the sixteen to eighteen million range. He could have been a useful piece for somebody. But he liked playing here so much he came back. He was a good veteran leader last year. Very productive player. That was a good move bringing him back. And people are freaking out about this Wilson Chandler trade. We don't know what that trade is going to bear. Wilson Chandler was brought into existing salary cap space, which means he could be dealt. He could be part of a Kawhi Leonard trade. Because in the NBA, those expiring contracts are assets. I know people hate that word, but they are. They are useful assets. The Spurs might want an expiring contract. For cap space next year. Maybe getting Wilson Chandler and involving him in a deal means something valuable you would have previously had to give up in a Kawhi Leonard trade that you now don't have to give up. I don't know. Nobody knows. 
But I think before we see what what actually happens, it's a little premature to to just condemn the offseason, condemn Brett Brown. Let's be a little patient. Let's see how things pan out before we totally freak out. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T Verizon cell. Let's go to Steve in Tampa. What's up, Steve? Good morning. How are you, Tom? Good morning, Steve. I'm great. How are you? I'm uh, excellent. Uh, first of all, we got to change the defendant's day to the first Friday in July. I mean, it's Wednesday holiday. I agree. The middle of the holidays, brutal. I agree, Steve. I, I think, you know, these holidays, when they fall in the middle of the week, these one-day uh, holidays, it does kind of stink. I think that, and I think the uh, day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. Well, that could be President's Day, maybe. You're moving around. That's a good. That's a good idea. Because I think that's in February anyway. Yeah, President's Day's right around there. That's a good idea. Um, let me ask you, start off with, with this question to you. Is there any possibility that Kawhi Leonard, if he's traded to the Sixers, would sit out of here? There is a chance. And I'll, I'll play a cup for you right now, Steve, if you can hang a second. Okay. Um, we're going to play. Moshe, I have that. The Stephen A. Smith. Um this was Stephen A. Smith on uh, SportsCenter on ESPN the other night talking about the possibility of Kawhi Leonard maybe sitting out a year. And there he goes, Steve. And that, that was basically him talking about um, not going back to the Spurs, but I think that holds true in terms of going to another team because apparently he's so focused on getting to Los Angeles that, you know, I think it is a possibility that he sits out next year. Wow. Even though it would cost him a couple of bucks, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I think it would. I, I'm not sure exactly how that would work. My my, hmm. like my feeling on it is, if he was traded here, I think he would play. I think he would play, but I don't know that for a fact. Nobody knows that for a fact. And if he did play, from what you're hearing, it sounds like even if he did play, he wouldn't give it a legitimate chance. You know, if, of he, if, if you could bring him in, like. If you could bring him in and you had confidence that he would handle it the way Paul George handled it, where Paul George was focused on going to the Lakers, but Paul George, to his credit, went down to Oklahoma City, gave it a legit chance, and liked it enough to stay. If I felt Kawhi Leonard was going to do that, that would change things, but you don't get the sense that he's willing to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, Let's talk about the Phillies for one point. Sure. 46 and 37. Outstanding. Zach Eflin, uh, tremendous against. Oh. Zach Eflin has been fantastic. The pitching staff's not that shabby, I'll tell you. No, pitching, the young pitching staff, I'll tell you what, and that's another thing. They have a young pitching staff that is affordable and controllable yep. for years. I mean, they're in good yep. shape. Well, the Phillies, I don't lack for money either because they're still getting millions of dollars, I think, from Comcast yep. um, for the next couple of years. And they do need help in the bullpen. But, you know, the one thing I want to focus on is the fact that on this radio station, uh, about a month ago, a number of callers and a number of talent predicted the Phillies with their schedule in June and the teams they play, they could probably wind up under 500 at the end of June. I was one of those people, Steve. I'm not going to lie to you. I was well, one of those people. You know, Stand up and leave the uh, studio. Then, yeah. All um, right. Well, that wouldn't be good. Good for yeah. that. Wouldn't be good radio. <laughs> Dead air. I know. Yeah. Um, but here we are now, John. You look at their schedule. 
for the next uh, couple of weeks. You look at Atlanta's schedule for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Washington's probably out of it by now. There's seven games out already. Um, they got play the Yankees. Then Atlanta plays at Milwaukee. They have the same schedule in July, almost, that the Phillies had in June. Yep. And they're two games out in the loss column. Yep. Uh, and, it, hey, that what they did in June, Steve, was incredibly impressive. For them to play that stretch of 42 games where, yep. you know, that was that was a really key stretch for them. For them to play 500 in that, in that stretch right there, that was incredibly impressive. And that just proves they're legit contenders. Yeah, I mean, the fact is that they were on Sunday Night Baseball. Yep. And now they're going to be on ESPN tonight. Uh, and somebody is looking at this team and saying, hey, why aren't they on more national TV programs? Yep, and I, I agree, Steve, and, and thanks for the call. And funny thing about them being on Sunday Night Baseball, um, the, the last time they were on Sunday Night Baseball, I believe, was April of 2013. And I went to that game at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, I, was, I was dating a girl. We had dated for less than a month. At that time, and they were on and they were obviously on base Sunday night baseball a week or two ago. And that girl that I was on the date with, I just married uh, the like the week before. So that is how long it's been since the Phillies were on Sunday night baseball. I've had a complete five year relationship where I'm married to the girl I took the on a date the last time they were on Sunday night baseball, and I only been dating her for like two weeks. So that's uh. A little that 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 that's a little tie-in with the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball, which um, I found interesting relating to my personal life. If you don't care, I'm sorry I told that story. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four pound nine four nine four near AT and T Verizon cell. Let's go to Eddie in South Philly. What's up, Eddie? Hey, yo, hey, what's Tom. up, man? Uh, just wanted to first start off with saying. Like what? I don't know what to think about Kawhi. Like I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, eh, we should do it. We shouldn't. And next thing I know, you know, I don't know. What yeah, do I mean, I, I, Steve or Eddie, sorry. Um, I was uh, on the air three nights ago, uh, and I was on the boat of yeah, trade for him, and, and now I'm, I'm a little more reticent about that from what I've heard. So I'm kind of in your boat too. It's, it's hard. It's hard to get to the point where you want to make the deal because all these things you're hearing, I mean, Stephen A. Smith, yeah, he's a loud mouth, but he is informed. And if he's hearing these kind of things that he's, that, that Kawhi's so focused on getting to LA that he will do anything to get to LA that I think it's hard to give up a, a massive haul for a guy who's probably only here for one year. Right. Right. Well, you know, when you think about it, like, like we, you know, what are you, what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna sit there with faults and 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 train him how to shoot? Like, what, like that's what, what they're trying to do like, right now. I mean, right now Fultz is right now Fultz is in California working with this shot guru, this guy Drew Hanlon, who's <laughs> apparently all the players go to, and he's a big time right. shot doctor, basketball trainer type guy, and he's working with Fultz. So hopefully Number that one. gets him fixed. Number I don't one, know. right? Number yep. one, we're going to teach him how to shoot. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I, I th- thanks for the call, Eddie. I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know what the deal was with Fultz. 
what happened this year, it, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Like, it really is one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen with a player in my life. One of the one of the strangest things I have ever seen with a player in my life, what happened with Mark Fultz. I don't know. I don't know what exactly happened. I think it was his trainer, the guy that was his coach through high school, you know, gave him some bad advice, tried changing his shot, and, and something happened. And I do think it was all mental. I, I think the shoulder injury was an excuse that they were using to um, cover up the situation. And Eric Jr. actually did confirm that on Twitter. Uh, one of Brian Colangelo's burner accounts would suggest the same thing, that it was a mental issue um and if it gets corrected though this is the thing if that gets corrected if you can fix him and he's the guy that you thought you were coming coming out of the draft you were getting coming out of the draft that becomes a massive offseason acquisition and people just forget about Markel Fultz and I get why you would I mean he was invisible last year but if you get him right and he comes out and he is the guy that you thought you were drafting that is going to be a massive addition. And that could be what puts you over the hump as far as getting talent to want to come here. If you get another, you know, big-time player in Markel Fultz. Maybe not a star. I never thought even coming out that Markel Fultz was going to be a star to the level of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But if Markel Fultz can be a real useful player, a, a real difference maker then that could help you. That could help you attract talent and, you know, it could make him a more valuable trade piece. That's, that's part of what kills you about Fultz right now is nobody really knows his value. You know, I don't know if he's got a, a high value right now. I don't, I don't know if the Spurs would want him. Apparently the Sixers don't want to trade him, which I guess is a good sign. I guess that tells you that the Sixers still believe that he's going to recover and and believe in his potential. But... That's one of the most fascinating things heading into the Sixer season is what ends up happening with Markel Fultz. How does he bounce back from last year? 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound nine four nine four on your AT&T Verizon. So let's get Kim, Kim in King of Prussia in here. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, I just wanted to say, I mean, I know everybody wants us to win because the Eagles won and you know, we have this whole, like, um, the curse has been lifted, and, like, it's just winning, winning, winning. But that's just not realistic, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think this team, though, has the potential. They they made such a massive leap last year that I think people got a little excited and thought that, you know, they'd get all the big names coming in here. And, I, I you know, as of Sunday, that still looked like a possibility, but... You know, they may just not be there yet, but this team's still on the way up. Oh, yeah. They are I still mean, on the I, rise. Don't get me wrong. I love the team, but I never thought that LeBron was going to come here in the first place because let's think years ago when he went to Miami and they were burning his jersey in Cleveland, I think he went because Miami, New York, um, L.A., those are lifestyle type of places. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, you can be really flashy, and, you know, it's just a lifestyle destination type of place. And I just didn't see him coming to Philadelphia. Yeah, and I, and uh, Kim, obviously you were probably right in that regard because 
I th- this this decision of his to go to L.A. I think it's pretty clear that it's not really a basketball decision. But that's not the place that's going to give him the best chance to win, at least not immediately. So I think certainly when you look at this decision for LeBron, it's more about lifestyle. It's more about you know uh, options as far as entertainment and and you know other marketing uh, and and business type things outside of basketball than it is basketball itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really do feel like, you know, the Sixers will get there, but just thinking, you know, I think everybody that is complaining is only thinking about the short term. Right. This is going to be a marathon. This is not a sprint. So let's calm down. Let's focus. Let's see what's out there. Um, And then, you know, go from there. And understanding that these are still young guys that are maturing, and that's it. Yeah, and I agree. I appreciate the call, Kim. Thank you. Um, that that is that is true, and that was that was a really good call by Kim. There is, it is about the long term, and I know Sixer fans hate to hear this. They they hate to hear it because of how long we've already waited. And people, you know, I understand why you're impatient. I understand why you want things to happen right now. I get it, but. This is about the long term. The process was not about, you know, getting these star players and and pushing all the chips right in the middle of the table for one or two years. If the time was right, yeah, I think that's something you do. Like, if you could have gotten LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard this offseason, yeah, that changes things. Of course, that changes things. Then you are going to make that big push, that big investment. Eventually, I think the Sixers will do that. But the point of the process was to build something sustainable. It was not about, you know, going for one to two years. This is about being a contender for 10 to 15 years in this league. It's about building something like the Golden State Warriors have built. That's what it's all about, is building something long-term. And, you know, that's why giving up, all that the Spurs are asking for for Kawhi Leonard right now without any kind of assurance that he'll even consider staying in Philadelphia long-term would be a short-sighted, poor decision. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon. Sell Mike, Mike, Charles, uh, Phil, all you guys hang there. I'll get get all you guys coming up. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494, AT&T, and Verizon. So if you want to get in, I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Tom Kelly, filling in for Big Daddy Graham. WIP Sports Times 323. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. Filling in for Big Daddy Graham. A lot of Sixers talk so far on the show. Um, And the Kawhi thing is... It's 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 interesting. It's complicated, I think, is probably the best word to describe it. Because, yeah, you're talking about one of the three best players in the NBA. He is, when he's healthy and he is engaged, he is, he's phenomenal. You remember the finals a couple years ago? He outplayed LeBron. He, he outplayed everybody on the floor. He was, he was un, unbelievable. But the things that we saw from him last year were, were concerning. Uh, the injury 
part of it and the not wanting to play part of it. Because there there was a lot of, you know, dissension in that locker room about how serious that injury was. You know, not a lot of pe you know, a lot of people on the team thought he could have come back to play. Tony Parker ripped him. Said, I, my injury was 10 times worse. I came back to play, and I'm older. The, the, they called a team meeting where they begged him to come back into the lineup. So uh, that, that behavior is kind of, kind of troubling. But I, I before, kind of uh, put that onto the fact that, okay, there's got to just be something with him in San Antonio, him and Pop, where he just – doesn't want to play for the Spurs anymore, and that that relationship is just irreparable. But lately, you know, it, it, the more you're hearing, it's maybe less about San Antonio and more the fact that he's just so dead set on strong-arming the Spurs, this, getting him to L.A. He's so dead set on playing in Los Angeles, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers, that... That's the only thing he's going to consider. And if that's the case, you can't give much up for him. I mean, he's so good that if there's even a 10% chance that he's willing to stay long-term, you got to consider it if the price is is workable. But if you know he's gone after one year, you can't make the trade. And if, if there is a very low chance, you can't give up a Markel Fultz. You can't give up, you know, a massive amount. So I want to, like... What? Where are you on the Kawhi Leonard situation? Yeah, I still would love to see the trade get done, but if it does, I want the Sixers to make sure that Kawhi Leonard is coming to Philadelphia with an open mind. Like, I respect what Paul George did. I respect how Paul George handled that situation. Paul George told the Indiana Pacers, hey, I'm going to the Lakers in a year, so you might as well trade me, get something for me. He went to Oklahoma City, but he went to Oklahoma City with an open mind. And it resulted in he liked it so much, enjoyed his experience there so much, playing with Russell Westbrook so much that he decided to stay. And and I would love Kawhi Leonard to come here with that same kind of mindset, but I just don't know if he's that kind of guy. He seems a little more dead set on L.A. or bust. And, you know... I think the Sixers, if that's the case, need to be very careful in how they handle this, and they need to have an idea of what Kawhi Leonard's mindset will be and what his attitude will be like if they're really considering making that deal. 888-729-9494, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. I'm Tom Kelly. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Mike in Sea Isle City. What's up, Mike? Hey Tom, how are you? Happy Fourth of July. Good man. I, how's things down in Sea Isle? That's my spot down there. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good nice. time. I'll be there Thursday. Uh, I know everybody's saying since we didn't get LeBron that yeah, we still have Simmons, we still have uh, Embiid, but we're not going to win with Simmons as our point guard. He he can't shoot. We just won't win. He just. I mean, he's played one year in the he's played one year in the league, Mike. He was Rookie of the Year. He had. It, Pretty much an unprecedented rookie it, season. It's if you're the number one pick in the draft, you should be able to shoot the ball. 
And yeah, it's not that the shot's going to get it's better. Not that he Mike. can't shoot. It's that he didn't shoot. He's stubborn about it. You don't think that there's any chance he's going to improve? I, if he's not shooting now, then no, I don't. I I don't understand how so many people they act like Simmons and Embiid aren't going to improve. They're going to get better, Mike. He's going to get better. He's good. The shot is going to improve. Is he ever going to be a, a top-notch sharpshooter? Is he ever going to be shooting? 40% from three? No, but he's going to be a better shooter. He's going to improve in that area. Well, I I think that he's I, – I don't think he'll improve. I think that he, he doesn't even shoot the ball, so there's nothing to improve but on. But, Mike, how can you say you're not going to win with a guy who had one of the best se- rookie seasons in NBA history? He had one of the best – literally an unprecedented rookie season. One of the best seasons rookie seasons in NBA history. He The fact that he can't shoot – they, people still couldn't stop him from getting the basket. That's how talented he is. You can't say you're not going to win with him. I mean, he, he can't score. What do you want them to do? So what? What do you want them to do? You want them to trade Ben Simmons? He, no, I, I don't think well, they the, should trade him. I think. Well, then what is it? You the said they can't win with him. Well, the, why would they keep him if they can't win with him? Why would they keep him around? I think the reason they're winning is Covington and Embiid. Robert Covington. You think Robert Covington's a bigger reason why they're winning than Ben Simmons? His defense. He's first-team all-defense. Mike, that is lunacy. That is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. You think Robert Covington is a bigger key to the Sixers' success than Ben Simmons? Is that, he, is, tips, he tips passes almost every game. He tips, tips passes. passes. He tips passes. That's good. Uh, ben Simmons makes passes. Ben Simmons averages like uh, like 10 assists a game. Like, uh, and by the way, score. how are you going to win? With so, okay, so score? Mike... If you don't think they can win with Ben Simmons, why do you why do you want the Sixers to keep him around? Well, then they shouldn't. They shouldn't. So you think they should trade Ben Simmons and build around Covington and Embiid? I think that's a better solution than having really? a 6'10 point guard, yes. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call. I don't even know how to respond to that. First of all, okay, I need to address this Covington stuff. Because I am so sick of hearing how phenomenal the defense is of Robert Covington. Okay? Robert Covington is overrated defensively. I'll come out and I'll say that flat out right away. He is good at aspects of team defense. Robert Covington is very good at anticipating um, passes. Like you said, he tips passes. Good. That's great. Robert Covington is an average at best on-ball defender. Lackadaisical at times. If you remember that Boston series, he got beat off the dribble time and time again. His defense is overrated. Let's start there. He is one of the streakiest shooters I've ever seen. And not like, and most of the time he's downright awful as a shooter. He's a zero offensive. When he's not making his shots, he's an absolute zero offensively. He can't finish at the rim. He can't penetrate and kick. He is a stand-up, spot-up shooter who most of the time misses. And he's not as good a defender as people give him credit for. I'm so tired of hearing about Robert Covington. And for you to say Robert Covington is more of of a key to this team's success than Ben Simmons is ridiculous. I, I, ben Simmons is one of the most unique athletes, one of the unique, most unique basketball players in in the history of the league. The kid's 21 years old. And that, that just hearing Mike 
talk about that right there, is what I don't understand. Why people just don't think these guys are going to get any better. Guys don't hit their ceiling after year one. LeBron James was not LeBron James after his rookie year. Dwayne Wade was not, you know, what he grew into after his rookie year. It takes time for these guys to develop. Kevin Durant played his rookie year with the Seattle Supersonics. He was he was not Kevin Durant after year one. It takes guys a while to develop. Ben Simmons' shot will get better. He's already pretty damn good. Most, most thanks for putting this up. Most Kravitz, my producer. Ben Simmons averaged in his rookie year 15.8 points per game, 8.2 assists, 8.1 rebounds. I mean, but you can't win with him. Okay. Okay. Can't win with Ben Simmons. I, I just, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon. So let's go to Phil and Cherry Hill. What's up, Phil? Hey, Tom, great show. Listen, up, I, I, I want to uh, um, address the Sixers, uh, you know, uh, front, front office for not uh, making this team any better. But first of all, I got to agree with Mike in Seattle uh, City that, uh, that, that Simmons, uh, he's a head case. He's uh, they get, you got, it looks like you got two head cases that go hard. And he, he didn't even chuck up a three-pointer the whole season. You know, and he's stubborn. That's what Mike said. He's stubborn. Yeah, but so, Phil, what, you, don't, you don't want Ben Simmons? I don't understand. You don't think that Ben Simmons had one of the best rookie seasons in NBA history? Like, yeah, he, the shot needs work. But you don't think he's a useful player? Well, his shooting range is two feet. You know, he doesn't have a mid-range game. It's... it's uh, you know, and I hope he's working on it. Phil, he averaged like 16 points a game. Like, yes, he, he can but, score. Yeah. I mean, he can get to From the rim at will. Okay, well, he's still scoring the points, isn't he? He's still scoring, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. So I, don't oh, like, I love him. But but I I think uh, like you said I, I you know Mike what Mike said I think the uh, perfect word stubborn for him. But uh, he, he to, plays, to played one year in the league. Uh, I don't. All right, go ahead. You, you know they, they needed. Uh, you know whether they could have done more or not. I they I didn't look like they had a good plan to Sixers to to go after the all. You know go after LeBron. You know you know to get LeBron if they were targeting him. You know they would have. You know we got to do this and this to get him. But uh, they, I think they just thought he was going to fall to their lap, you know, because the six were the front runners all uh, off season in the uh, LeBron sweepstakes. There were the, they weren't the front runners. He had this decision made up. He was going to L.A. for over a year. That was clear. Uh, well, that was clear, I, Phil. I mean, he didn't he didn't give anybody else the time of day. He had one meeting uh, that was a BS meeting with the Sixers that meant nothing, uh, and he didn't even talk to anybody else. He, he was going to L.A. the whole time. They had no geniuses in the, uh, uh, you know, as a GM or front office. Like Sixers, you know, I, I go back to 76 when they got the best player, Dr. J at the time. The uh, Pat Williams general manager went to the other and said, for $6 million, we could get the Babe Ruth of uh, basketball to go get him. You know, it's like they didn't, uh, I don't think they had a plan. Uh, I appreciate the call, Phil. I, the The Sixers did not miss out on LeBron James because they didn't have a plan. The Sixers missed out on LeBron James because LeBron James had decided over a year ago he was going to the Lakers. I mean, 
they weren't getting LeBron James. LeBron, and yeah, we didn't know. We thought they had a chance. I thought they had a chance. Everybody thought they had a chance on Sunday afternoon when the reports were coming out that uh, that, that the Sixers were getting a meeting and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski was saying the Sixers are legitimately in this because LeBron is very good at keeping his decisions and keeping things within within his tight-knit group. He's very good at that. But it's clear after what happened that LeBron made the choice less than 24 hours after talking to basically no teams, he was going to Lakers the whole time. The Sixers didn't miss out on LeBron because they didn't have a plan. They missed out on LeBron because he's had his decision made up for a really long time. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. And we got I got to I got to get calls on this Ben Simmons thing. I what the last two callers just said. Basically saying Ben Simmons he isn't any good, can't shoot, can't win with him. Are you kidding me? He had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. You want to trade Ben Simmons, but then you don't you don't want to you can't win with him, but you don't want to trade him. And the one caller, Mike, thinks Robert Covington, Robert Covington is a bigger reason for the Sixers' success than Ben Simmons. Might be the most absurd thing I've ever heard on this radio station. And that's saying something. I've heard a lot. Of crazy things on here. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. AT&T and Verizon. So I'm Tom Kelly. WIP Sports Time. 343. Sports Radio 94. WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. I have a um, Twitter poll up. At Tommy Kelly 44 is where you can find me on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I seriously put this poll up. Who's the bigger reason for the Sixers' success? Ben Simmons or Robert Covington. I I mean I don't get the the Ben Simmons, you know, the Ben Simmons hate. I I, I don't understand it. Yeah, the guy has struggled with his shot. He doesn't really have a shot yet. We all we all understand that. It doesn't mean he can't develop one. Most Kravitz my producer told me to look this up and it's I I did. Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard didn't develop into the player he is until like his fourth, fifth year in the league. His first year, he averaged 7.9 points, five rebounds. And Ben Simmons averaged 15, 8, and 8. Ben Simmons is going to develop a shot. He is going to become so much better. The biggest worry I have about Ben Simmons is that he pulls a LeBron someday and goes to L.A. That's far down the road, though. But I have no worries about Ben Simmons' game. And for... People call her to say, you can't win with them. You can't win with a 6'10 point guard. That is such a ridiculous old school, uh, old school way of thinking. Like, expand your mind a little bit. This day and age in the NBA's position, anybody can, you know, you don't, you don't have to have a six foot point guard. How about this? Being taller and being a point guard is actually an advantage. The biggest worry you had about Ben Simmons was how he was going to be defensively. He was better than anybody thought he was going to be defensively. I don't get why people are so down on Ben Simmons. Why people think Simmons and Embiid won't get dramatically better. They're babies in this league. 
I really don't get it. And I'm so tired of, of the Covington stuff. And I know I'm one of the guys in the minority. I'm a process guy, but I'm not a huge Covington guy because I know the process people in general love Covington. I just I just don't see it. I mean, I think he's 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 fine. You know, he's a useful player, but I don't think he's this hidden gem. I don't think he's I think his defense is overrated drastically. And he's a zero offensively when he's not making his shots. And he's usually not. So I just I can't believe somebody actually said that they believe Robert Covington is more reason for the Sixers' success than Ben Simmons. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon. So let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's happening, Mike? You you, you all right there, Mike? How's it going? I was just thinking, like. Just crazy, um, right? No, I was just thinking, like, you picture Brett Brown, call Popovich, and, you know, know, how about we get Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, will you give us Simmons? Uh, Yeah, well, sure, we'll give you you Simmons. Uh, We don't want him. How about Covington? Now we're not giving him. We're not giving up Covington. We'll give you Simmons. We're not giving up Covington. (laughs) All right, then we're not doing the deal. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, why are people so down on Simmons, Mike? He had one of the best rookie seasons in NBA history. How can you it. say you can't win them? They, they did win with him. They won <laughs> yeah, yeah. two games. Yeah, they literally won with him. They were the three seed, and they finished ahead of LeBron James' Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. So, it, I don't know. It's, I, I, honestly, I, I can't tell when people are trolling sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I know people out there know that you don't like Covington, so maybe they were trolling you. Maybe. Yeah. I, and, you know, yeah, he doesn't have the shot yet, but he is literally, co- uh, comparison-wise, the closest thing to LeBron James to come into the league since LeBron James. <laughs> You know who can't shoot either? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right, exactly. Yeah, a lot of players in the league couldn't shoot. You know, Dwayne Wade was never a great shooter. He was a good mid-range shooter. He's yeah, never. He's, he was always a below-average three-point shooter. He got better shooting threes, though, only in, like, the last couple of years. Yeah, hold it up. I mean, he's never going to be a knockdown shooter. Right. I don't know if we even be, ever get to league average from three, but if he can get to, like, 33% and, and, and knock down a consistent mid-range jumper, he's going to be one of the five best players in basketball. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not even worth getting into it. It's so ridiculous. Uh, I think, well, the Sixers offseason so far has been disappointing. Obviously, there's a lot to go. Not necessarily their fault it's disappointing, but none, nonetheless, it has been so far if you had aspirations for a star. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I think it's been a mixed bag. I love the draft day trade. With, uh, you know, because I, First of all, I think Zaire Smith is going to be a better player than Bridges in the long run. He's not going to be probably in the first couple of years, but I think in five, six, seven years, he's going to be maybe not just a better player, but a significantly better player. He's already a, a pretty decent jump shooter, um, actually, he might even call him a good jump shooter. His form isn't perfect. It's a little slow, but he makes him at a 40% clip. He has athleticism off the charts. He can be a very, very good player. He's high upside. And plus, they got the pick. So I love that move. Um, I, I, can't, I very much dislike the Wilson-Chandler trade. Now, they didn't give up a lot to get him, so they basically got him for free. So I'm not going to say it was a bad move. But the problem is I just don't like Wilson Chandler, the player. I, I think he's way past his prime. I don't think he's good anymore. I think he's average at best, if not below average. And I just I think he's going to be the exact type of player that Philadelphia can't stand because he takes games off, he takes plays off, and that's not going to bode well. That's not going to fly in Philly. And he's Well, a, Mike, I'm not sure he's definitely going to be here. You know, and, well, and, if they flip him for Kawhi Leonard, then great. Right. But I'm just saying, I don't like him as a player. I'm not a fan of him at all. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just not a fan. Uh, and in fact, I was reading, um, you know, Kevin Pelton of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put out. He said, "Now, 
you, you, you can put how much you want in the metrics or everything, but metrically, he graded out as the 56th-ranked defensive small forward in basketball. Now, it's, it's debatable how much the, the defensive metrics matter, but this past season, he was not as good defensively as he used to be. Now, maybe it was because he got lost in the shuffle and the rotation, but he, he's coming off a very poor season. So if he does end up staying here, if that's what ends up happening, he needs to play significantly better than he did this past season because he was not a good basketball player this past season. And the reason I'm disappointed is because I think that an option like a Wayne Ellington or a Tyreek Evans were just significantly better options um, yeah, just hypothetically assuming that, that uh, Wilson Chandler stays here. Yeah, and I, I hear you, Mike. The thing is with, with that kind of thing, though, is, you know, you get Chandler now, and maybe you can use him in a trade. He's not going to kill you on the floor. And and the thing is, with with those kind of role players, I just feel like you can find those guys at the deadline. Like, you can exploit the buyout market like they did last year with Ilyasova and Bellinelli. You can find a guy at the deadline. I, I don't think you need to have, like, the roster now that you're going to have going into next postseason. And that, that's absolutely true. They can find guys. Here's my biggest concern, because I don't even think it was close. When the season ended and the Sixers got eliminated in the playoffs, there was one need that the team had that was far and away, miles ahead of and every other issue that they had, and that was they were lacking a player who could create his own shot. You saw it in the Celtics series. You even saw it a little bit in the Miami series. When at the ends of games, when they need a bucket, they have to run a hundred different screens mm-hmm. to get JJ Redick an open shot. They don't have anybody who you can clear out and just say, "Here, give him the basketball. He's going to go get you a bucket." They just don't have a guy like that. They were hoping it was going to be Fultz, and then obviously everything happened with the shot and his, whatever the yips and everything. Um, so my my number one ranked need coming into this summer was to get the Sixers a guy who could create his own shot. And so far, they have not done that. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. They could do it tomorrow. They can do it next week. Hell, they could even do it in August. I mean, they, they could make a trade for Kawhi Leonard in August, uh, for all we know. But um, as of right now, that's a major concern. And also, another thing that concerns me, too, is that if – if this ends up being something close to the roster they go into the season with, then they are putting a ton of pressure on Markel Fultz to step up. No doubt. And for a guy who already has a fragile psyche, I'm not sure it's good for his mental, his mental, you know, his mental state to go into next season with that much pressure on him. I think you want to put as little pressure on him as possible so he can ease his way in. But if they're going to be relying on him solely to be their guy who can break down a defense, man, that's a lot of pressure to put on off a guy who's coming off the yips. That is a really tough spot to put him in. Yeah, it is. I appreciate the call, Mike. Care, Thanks, man. man. And, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot. Marco Fultz, if this roster is what they go into the season with, yeah, they're going to be relying a great deal on Markel Fultz. Without a doubt. And, you know, he's going to be thrown into the fire. And I, I don't know what other choice they have yet. He, they could have brought him along more slowly. If they were able to acquire a star, they still might be able to. We'll see. But, yeah, there will be pressure on Marco Fultz. And, and as far as when you look at the – when you look at the team and, and what they are going into the season – we got to understand about the NBA regular season too is, you know, the regular season in large part doesn't matter a ton. You know, they can get through the first 50 games with, with, with a, a different roster than they're going to have toward the end of the year. I mean, everybody forgets that Ilya Sova and Bellinelli were only here for what? 20, 25, 30 games. They weren't here that long. The Sixers 
just because they go into the season with a certain roster, it doesn't mean that's going to be the roster they're going to finish the season with. They can exploit the buyout market like they did last year with Ilyasova and Bellinelli. They can make trades. that If Kawhi's still a, a spur at the deadline, you can trade for him then, potentially, and give up a lot less. That's why, in the end, I do think the Spurs are going to trade him now. And I think eventually they're going to have to drop the price a little bit. I still think there is a, a somewhat of a decent chance. Like, I, I don't think the chances are that low. I think there's still a chance Kawhi Leonard is traded here because eventually the Spurs uh, will have to drop the price. They know he's not coming back. They know he's not coming back after this year. And the longer they wait, the less they're going to get in return. This is ne- classic negotiating. You know, if you're the Sixers, you don't just give up everything they're asking for in in the first, you know, round of negotiations. Just don't do that. So, uh, we'll, you know, it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting to see, but I still think there's a chance because the the, the Sixers end up getting Kawhi Leonard, but they're they're going to improve the roster. And even if they don't drastically improve before the start of the regular season, they can still do it before the, the, the end of the regular season and the postseason. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.